there. This is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Broadcasting Network. known as author Carrie Ann King, and I'm super excited today to have a guest again on this show, Tell Me Your Secrets. Today, we're taking Peggy Lampman off the page, and she is going to reveal some really interesting things to us. We're going to have a look at early and current editions of her brand new book, Ruby of the Sea. We're going to talk about why she considers herself a failed country and western singer-songwriter, and we're also going to just talk about her foodie love. So without any further ado, I am going to bring Peggy on screen to say hi to you. Hi, Peggy! Hi, Karen. Hi, everybody. We were off to a bit of a rough start, but now we seem to be going great guns. I'm yeah! So I'm delighted to be on Tell Me Your Secrets. I'm so excited to tell you some of them actually I'm that excited I promised I would so I will yeah yeah which is awesome so um yes for for those of you who missed our first run on uh, this attempt um <laughs> Peggy and I had some serious technical difficulties but here we are because we persisted we're like that authors we just never you have, to. you have to keep on going that's the thing about writing too you know when you Hit a roadblock, you just gotta barrel your way through until you figure it out, right? Right, absolutely. So speaking of that, I your new book, um, oh, and I have a way here. I'm going to show you guys a picture. <laughs> I'm really pushing my luck now, given given <laughs> given the way things are going. I don't to... know. I <laughs> we should just not mess with anything, right? No. Okay. No but um, this is Peggy's new book, The Ruby of the Sea. Isn't it yeah. beautiful? And Thank you. <laughs> if you're familiar at all with Peggy's work, you will find that this book is a little bit different than, than the others. Here are the others. I thought I'd have them a little bit different, yes. I mean, Thank you. Quite, quite a bit different. Um, it's, they're not as food-centric as these two right here. I just, it, it, I had some voices in my head that, that needed to be written down and listened to. And so I gave them their time on the page. Right. So let's talk about that. Those voices in your head, because <laughs> you were a little, you were a little, you were a little worried that given the theme of your book, um, which does involve a very, uh, very in-depth, beautifully done look at um, some mental illness, bipolar disorder, um, it, it it's different than what you used to do and or than the other books. And Peggy was a little worried that if we brought her on and did some of the things that we're going to do today, you might feel that perhaps she was channeling her character. But <laughs> or, uh, uh, two personalities. In fact, I am channeling my uh, my two personalities with at the. But you have to wait till the. You end. have to wait till the end to meet who who is the other personality that we're going to introduce people to. 
I'm going to introduce you to Ella May, okay? Um, she's been in my closet for the past 20 years, and it's a testimony to your marvelous ability to pull out secrets from people who coax Ella May out of my walk-in closet. So she's coming out in a few minutes after I read my first pages, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I look forward to introducing you. She looks a little bit different than me, and. She's only had a fifth grade education, but but you have to bear with her, okay? And okay. Fun to sing. Excellent. I you know I am so excited about that. But 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 before we go there, um, <laughs> before we go there, let's just get into the book here a little bit. So before we get into Ruby of the Sea and you reading some things for us. I want to talk a little bit about why that book, why this difference, how did you get into writing something that is uh, almost a little bit deeper and darker in some ways as well, besides being a food centric book? It is. It is. Um, I was encouraged um, early on in my career as a writer to keep things food centric because I have a background. 20 years I owned a specialty food store in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and then for 10 years, I was a, a writer for our local paper, the Ann Arbor News. I had a food column, et cetera, et cetera. So I was, you know, pigeonholed into being the food writer. So I, but I loved my books. I mean, they were very exciting. They were very cathartic to write. They certainly are based on intimate experience in the food industry. But I've also had intimate experience with um, some, some people in my past that, were mentally ill, and I, 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 I really was intimate with some of these people, and I knew them all my life, and I also know knew the effects of what happens when you explain the illness away, and you you you, you brush it away. It says something shame shameful. It should not be discussed. It should not be addressed, and I have intimately seen the fallout of that. Nice. And, you know, I, I just, I had the voices in my head and they had to come out. And I was on a vacation with my husband in Key West. I've, I'm from Alabama, but I've been to Key West many times. And um, it's such an eccentric, fun town with such a colorful history. I, my voices said, you know what? We want to live here. We want to live in Key West. And, um, and, and so I, I had to obey, you know. How right, and so, and, and that's part of the fun of this book, uh, the, the fun parts, there, there's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> because it's Peggy's book. And as you can tell, she has a sense of humor. So nothing's gonna be like utterly dark ever, forever. So there's this lovely atmosphere of Key West and the people and the, the lighthouse in which it's set. It's very beautifully atmospheric. You know, and I have to thank my husband for that. We, we spent um, like six weeks in Key West because I've always loved it and I've wanted just to hang out there. And one afternoon he insisted that we do the kitschy touristy side. I'm like, oh, no, do we really need to go do that? But so that afternoon we went to, to like a pirate museum. And I'm like, a pirate museum? Well, actually, it was a really great museum because it explored the very, very unique and interesting history of Key West back in the mid-1800s. And then on that same day, we went to a historic lighthouse right across the street from Ernest Hemingway's house. Oh, wow. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is how a, they, they live in a historic lighthouse that they turned into a B&B. &B. Of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. 
so that's how it came about the book and that was how food managed to come into it too <laughs> i love to eat my characters love to eat i mean you know you love music and you love playing music and your characters are musical as well almost you know, always yeah always so my characters will always enjoy eating my characters in this one, there is some elements of the food business with Linnea's choice of what she does to, you know, make some spare change during the course of the book. And I certainly bring Cuban food into the book as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly, I don't think my um, food fans will be disappointed <laughs> right. with this book. Which is important. So yeah. I, I understand that this book maybe was not always called uh, Ruby of the Sea. Is that... That's that's correct, which kind of um, is a nice segue to be starting with the original first page. Sure. Okay. And original is that is that okay? With yeah, you? that's perfect. Let's hear it. Okay, because it's it started out. Here it is. I even have the markups from the developmental <laughs> editor right here. Ooh. And, um, it was originally called the Maiden Tower. Okay? The Maiden Tower. Oh, and I can see why. Of course, of course, and. Yes. Um, and you know my agent liked that, my my developmental editor liked that, and so I will read that, and I will okay. and read the comments very quickly. Okay, and it comes in the um, form of a prologue. Okay, the Maiden Tower. Waves thrash about the woman's thighs as she runs into the ocean. The water cooler than the midnight air. Second guessing her intent, she turns to face the shoreline, and on this moonless night, through the blur of her tears. The beach is as black as a sea. The surf breaks in a thundering crash, leaving a creamy drizzle of foam in its wake. Sand shifts beneath her, and she stumbles backwards as a current tugs at her feet. Having lost all will to fight, she turns to face the horizon, giving in to the demands, allowing her body to be pulled into the surf. Paddling forward, the ocean floor drops, and she dives downward, her lungs strong, eyes shut to lessen the burn of the brine. Dress billowing above her back, the wet volume sweeps between her fingers as she claws deeper into the sea. A feeling of shattered glass rakes across her body. A rash of stinging pain crawls over her flesh. Stunned, she swims to the surface, heart beating wildly, gasping for air. Treading water, she has a sensation that something, some things, are fluttering wildly about her torso. Like birds trapped inside of a cage, they knock against her as if panicked. Fighting the currents, her arms lash forward towards the shore, hands breaking the surface of the water like the cracking of whips. She senses the creatures are following her. A wave swells above her head and a long, silent scream, followed by a crash of sorrow. Okay. So anyway, my- Wow, for starters, wow. I wanted to write something that grabbed people yeah. from the beginning. And so show, you know, this is gonna be a fun read. This is gonna be an exciting read. It's, you know, it's gonna be about the ocean, et cetera, et cetera. But, in, 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 and in fact, my um, developmental era, um, editor said, gorgeous, lush opening that sets the scene well. See? Gorgeous luck. <laughs> yeah, you got to frame that. Keep that on. And then, then she finished the book. And then she finished the book. So I got an F on that opening first <laughs> Okay? If you can read that, they say it's not good. And <laughs> I like the little, the little unhappy face you drew on unhappy. there. Unhappy. <laughs> and I was so bummed out because I'm like, 
gosh, it took me forever to write that poem. Yada, yada, yada. So she said, first of all, ditch the name, the Maiden Tower. You know, it's fine, of course, the lighthouse is named the Maiden Tower, but it sets it up as a historical romance. And this is clearly anything but a historical romance. But, you know, I love the name, you know, but so that was gone. And then she said, um, I'm reading her comment. I think you should change the name. Okay, it reads historical romance, which this book is clearly not. I also recommend you're deleting the prologue. Though beautifully written, if writing a prologue, it should circle around the vital plot component. And although Linnaeus' phobia of the ocean is a strong component of the story, it is not central. And, and she's right. So boo-hoo. So anyway. <laughs> so you hated her for a week, and then you sucked it up, and then you week. changed it, right? <laughs> now, okay, now it's just, okay, present time. Okay. 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 Story time. Settle in, boys and girls. Then, okay, get your blankie around. Right, you. exactly. Okay. Number chapter one, Linnea. Through the small oval window, I glimpse, glimpse the turquoise of the Atlantic. Heart racing, my spine stiffens. The plane pitches right, and I take a deep breath, forcing my mind to still. The red stencil sign affixed to the terminal looms beneath the tip of the wing. Welcome to the conch capital of America. Check your brain at the gate. Okay. So it doesn't include that last bit, but it should. Trust me, I know. Unlike my fellow passengers, I'm no tourist to Key West, but I wish I were. I wish I too could shed my inhibitions in this wonderland of skimpily clad sunburned bodies while sipping a margarita and sauntering through town. Eyeing the barf bag, ensuring it's within easy reach, the swoosh of the engine's roar vacuums up the last remnants of my spirit. I remember when flying was unpleasant. Now, between the stony-faced guards pawing through my personals, the humanizing pat-downs, cancel flights, and carry-on misery, it's unbearable. Okay, here you go, first page. So now we're in the present, so that kind of explains why I... You know what, though, Carrie, I have to be honest. Yes. I took that prologue, and I, because I couldn't bear losing. We put it back in the middle. It's, it's in there. I remember. I read it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a dream. It's a dream. And, it, you know, and, and it's Linnea wakes up from the dream. So I was able to use it. I couldn't bear to completely get rid of it. But, and also you, people say, don't ever open your book with a dream. Um, have you ever opened one of your books with a dream? Um, no. When I was an earlier writer, I did. And then I read all of that advice about never open your book with a dream. Yes. So, no, I don't think so. If, you, if you're one of my readers and I made a mistake, <laughs> tell me. But I don't think so. Not anymore. No. So it's not nearly as exciting. And I'm always trying to hook the readers. But that was a cheap trick, I think. You know, that was a cheap trick. And well, but... So I see why you wanted to do it. I love getting atmospheric at the beginning of my books, which is what you were kind of trying to do. And I think, you know, when we're first starting trying to write the book and feel our way into it, maybe that's the first thing that, that we have. Like for me, before I really get a feel for where the plot's going to go, I have that sort of just feeling about it. And so my books often start somewhere different than, than where they finally 
start yeah. in the final version. Didn't Fee's book, didn't Fee, didn't your book, your, your last book, didn't it start out in the grandfather's music, the violin? Oh. It started out with the cello. The cello, that's right. Sorry. But that wasn't even, I don't, was that even the first draft? Oh my God. There, <laughs> there were so many versions of that. If I went all the way back, you know, I they, yeah. there was one that started with the cello. Um, yeah, for sure. And then and there was one that started with um the teenage, the girl who's a teenager in the book. There was one draft that started with her all grown up, like, you know. Yeah. 15 years down the road so okay yeah. that's interesting yeah I, her. I was i was really glad things turned out for her Shh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah uh that's right it's, excuse me erase that literally. erase that jury jury will disregard regard <laughs> yes yes sorry about that that was such a beautiful book though i absolutely loved it and i well, loved learning so much about the cello and what do you how do you pronounce it Ludier? I, you know, I thought it was Luthier, but I think it's Luthier because I know that my audio guy would have, you know, the narrator, that he did his research and that's how he pronounced it. Oh, okay. so, so I'm going to go with that. Oh, hang on. I, I actually, since we're talking about it, actually, you know, I have the book. So Yay. I have to show it to you because it is pretty. It's um, and I, you know, I've got the audible version of it um, as well. And I, I, I think your narrator, the it male. Is just, Oh, I know. <laughs> he did a beautiful job with that. He did. Yeah, he did. I'd like to meet him. He's, he's he, incredible. Yeah. Um, I am going to actually. I'm hoping to have him on. Tell me your secrets. So, yes. Um, fingers crossed that we will have him on the show and meet him in person. Because one of the things that I want to include on this um, show are people besides authors involved in making books. Our, our audio narrators, our agents, our editors, and book designers, all those kind of people. So, and, and everyone's going to tell a secret, though. I mean, I'm mean, yeah. Not just you. Oh, actually, Peggy, here's the secret. It's just you. <laughs> well, you certainly got a good one out of me. I'll tell you. You're, you're the only one. So now, now I have to ask you a question. Um, this, this is about, so have you ever, have you, because I know you're a foodie and, and you're total, you take your chefing very seriously. So unlike me, <laughs> I take, I take, um, well, I don't know, cake and Christmas turkey fairly seriously. Otherwise, eh, whatever. So have you ever burned anything? Have you walked away and left stuff? Like, I know even my Viking, like he is a serious barbecue. Like, you know, he, he, he wants to put some ribs on the barbecue. And then I think he fell asleep. <laughs> You know, that happens a lot at the grill because the fat drips down into the fire and then all of a sudden it just explodes. So have you ever burned anything like when it was important, like when you had company or something like that? Is that? Yes, I have. Listen, this is, oh my gosh. Oh, this is a story I, I tell often because I still dream about how horrible this whole experience was to me. I was, you know, those fundraisers where you, you auction off things. Well, I... My friend was doing a conservation um, fundraiser event. You know, it was a real splashy party. And she asked me if I would auction off my skills making this fabulous dinner. And so people were bidding on the dinner. And this is when I had my store. And I, would, I was going to have my staff, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I loved the cause because she's educating Kenyans about her, their environment and elephants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was more than happy to donate a dinner and cook it in the person's house. 
So, working <laughs> up for all my stuff, real excited. You know, it made a whole lot of money for my friend's event, a whole lot of money. And I was very conscious that the people who would be eating my food spent a lot of money on this dinner. So I'd go over there, I'd take a couple of um, people who worked for me at the time to help serve it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, started making, it was risotto. It was a very expensive seafood risotto. And I don't know if you guys know about risotto, but you really do need to stir the risotto all the time. And you need a heavy bottom pot. Well, I did not have a large enough heavy bottom pot. So I used sort of a shallow bottom <laughs> big pot to make my risotto. Anyway, bottom line is I get to talking with someone. I burn the risotto. <gasps> And the worst thing you can do is stir the burn because- Oh, right, right, because it brings all the burn yeah. bits up. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I wasn't panicked, I would have known that. I would have scooped it up and put it in another pot, but no, I was panicked. So anyway, so I got the burn flavor. And then they're, they're, everybody's having fun. They're eating appetizers and they're having wine, et cetera. And I told the women, I said, please go back here and stuff their faces with more appetizers, pour more wine, just, just keep this thing, get them full turn up the volume of the music, you know, let's get this party going. Maybe they won't notice it because I wasn't going to go out there and, you know, because then they would be uncomfortable and I would be uncomfortable. So we did all that. And so, you know, then they were sitting down, you know, more stuffed with appetizers and a little bit more inebriated. And then I passed out the risotto and then I quickly hurried everybody up because I was telling them about my fabulous dessert. And no one mentioned it, so I don't know, but it still haunts me because I felt guilty about thinking about all those elephants in Africa and everybody's depending on me. So well, like, the, like the elephants are going to be bothered by your burned risotto, right? <laughs> yeah, they really are. So anyway, that was kind of a nightmare, but you know, it just, you know, I just take myself too seriously sometimes, um, you know, it. Anyway, it, that, that was a disaster. And yes, I have burned many things since then. I mean, and, you know, my spatula is not a magic wand. It's, I'm like everybody else. Oh, you know what? You said the magic word. So now I've been waiting because I, I have my own little surprise in store just in case we ever need it. So it's coming out now. Okay, are we ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. Your magic wand. We didn't even play it. I think that's my cue. Okay. I think so. I think this is transformation time. Okay, uh, first of all, let me warn people, find the volume button on your phone or laptop because you might, once I start singing, want to turn off the volume immediately because LMA has had no musical training in her life. Is, is LMA gonna actually sing for us? She's gonna sing. I'm only gonna let her sing a couple of verses. And okay. The song, you know, it's, it's a cheating song. LMA does cheating songs really well. And okay, she, you know, okay, you know, start talking about your books. I'll be back. In <laughs> okay, you, you'll be back with LMA. Okay. Yeah. Well, while she's gone, I would just say Carrie Underwood. I think does like the best cheating songs. But you know, we'll um, <laughs> we'll just wait and see what LMA has to say. And I'm going to say hi to some of you guys who are here. Marilyn's here. Hi, Marilyn. Hi, Christine. Tawny. Diana. <laughs> Here's a question from Diana. <laughs> you told all your secrets? Uh, okay, I have an answer for you. No. <laughs> no. No. And I'm not going to tell all of them, but I might every now and then tell you, you know, like one. 
or two, but not today. Annie, you've seen um, you've seen Peggy barbecue. Hey, that is so all right. She does it online, doesn't she? She's done some live stream barbecues for you guys, which is just like so very super cool. Uh, let's see who else is here. Hi, Doreen. Hi, Lisa. Hi, B. Elaine. Hi, guys. I'm glad you were here. Um, Let's see, Diana says, whisper one to me. I can't whisper it just to you, then I would have to tell it to everybody. Um, let me see, what kind of secret can I, I can tell you about the magic wand, um, because most people wouldn't know this. That magic wand came to me from the Viking. He bought it for me when I was a mental health counselor and he was worried that I was going to take um, my clients too seriously and be too, concerned about their well-being which really was a concern so he bought me a magic wand so i could make everything better and the thing you have to picture uh oh battery came out it's probably not gonna work for me now you have to picture the viking large bearded gentleman well gentleman maybe not so much but viking um and he's the one who taught me that what you have to do with the wand is this took it to work with me and it would come out every now and then during um, counseling sessions because whenever we got into that whole if only <laughs> wishful thinking oh, it's Ella May hi Mary hey everybody I'm Ella May so good to be here you're so nice to have me on your show oh we're just we're delighted to have you so what, what song are you going to be sharing with us today well, I have to tell you, when I wrote the song, I was in a very, very dark place in my life. It was, I wrote it 20 years ago, and it's, a, it's like I fell into a tar pit, you know. My life was in shambles. I was going through a messy divorce. I had these two little young'uns dependent on me, and it seems like the only way I could get out of that tar trap is just by writing country music lyrics. And like I said, I started my career about 20 years ago, and I ended my career about 20 years ago, too. And, sure. um, and they just helped me. They were cathartic. And, and I have a few little verses because Peggy won't let me sing the whole song. This is no way LMA. So anyway, I just thought it, and this is my favorite cheating song. It's called Personal Page um, or Instant Love. I haven't had an editor get their hands on it yet, so I'm not sure if it'll be Oh, personal. so it has two possible names, Personal Page or Instant Love. Now, instant you know, love. Back yeah, and when I wrote it 20 years ago, there was no such thing as Match.com. I mean, come on, you just, you went to the personal pages if you were looking for somebody or the bar or something like that. So anyway, it gives you an idea of where I was at that time in my life when I was writing the song. So. Okay. All right. So do you guys, are you ready? Do you guys want to hear Ella May sing a song for us? I, I hope you do because I, I am just, I can't wait. All right, I'm ready. All right, honey. Let's hear it. Here's my microphone because I don't have a microphone, okay? Okay. One, two, three. Been reading through the personals while you've been running around. Man seeking women is where you'll be found instead of staying home with your LTR. You're out chasing women and a a singles bar. Okay, then several more verses that Peggy wouldn't let me sing. And here's 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 the um refrain. Okay, here's a refrain. 
Give me tall, give me handsome, give me fit and sincere. Warm and tender with a well-paid career. Now I read them up and over. It's not a fantasy. I want instant love. No, yeah, it is me. And then several more verses. Several more verses, okay? So the final verse is this. So if you keep on cheating and running around, women sleeping men is where I'll be found. Instead of staying home feeling blue and betrayed, I'll be dating my new man from the personal page. So that's it. That's the secret, right? I love it. That's actually, you know. So anyway, that was one of her cheating songs, Carrie. So I told you my deep, dark secret. I expect to see you do something likewise, make a fool out of yourself like this. And oh, by the way, Ella May wants to know that if your Viking has any more Vikings that he can assist me to, just pass my number on over, okay? Pass, pass one, Ella May. Yeah. All right. It's not the first time I've been asked if the Viking has any like brothers. <laughs> so, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, this has just been a hoot. Thank you. It's been fun for me too. And Elma, it's time to put her back in the closet now. Okay. Anyway, I guess this is a wrap, huh? I, I think it is. Um, for those of you who are actually listening to this in the podcast format, um, hang on just one minute because I am going to take a screenshot. LMA. <laughs> you want to hold your phone? You hold your microphone back up. Put your glasses back on. Hold up your microphone. Oh, my microphone. Yeah, hold it. There we go. Okay, all right. So we, we, because, okay, there we go. All right, there we go. <laughs> so if you are listening to this in podcast format, um, no fear, there will be a picture up um, that you can see that will um, that I will link to for you because you do not want to miss that. <laughs> you really do not. Um, for the rest of you, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, oh, let me say one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ruby of the Sea is on pre-order now. It's going to be published in about two or three weeks. So would love it if you forked out $3.99 for a digital or whatever physical copies find that would just mean the world to me. Right, Ellen. well, the $3.99 is definitely worth the price. I mean, you know, entry price for that song and entertainment value. Um, where else can they find you, Peggy? Where, where, where can we find you online? I'm all over the place. Um, you can friend me on Facebook. I've got an author page. I have a, a, another just casual everyday site. Um, I have a blog, a food blog called Dinnerfeed, D-I-N-N-E-R-F-E-E-D.com. So Dinnerfeed.com or on Facebook. And, and I have an author page, Peggy Lantman Books. And then, of course, Instagram. I love Instagram. I love posting things on Instagram. It's so much fun. I'm Peggy underscore Lantman on Instagram. Follow me. I'll follow you back. I love everybody. Okay. And does Ella May have a um, <laughs> site? <laughs> Elma is still stuck back in the 90s, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe, maybe I'll encourage Elma to develop a, you know, a profile on Facebook or something. Well, I really think, honestly, she she needs some musicians. And um, I would just, you know, I would I would come to a concert. I... Oh, well, thank you, Carrie. Oh, my God. You're so sweet. <laughs> Seriously, read, read, read Ruby of the Sea. It is a, a very 
um, darkly, intricately woven book with little bits of humor, um, but it is not, <laughs> it's not an LMA type book. So we don't want to give you yeah, the wrong idea. Maybe. Anyway, thank you for being here. I had a lot of fun. Uh, please uh, join you. in for the next episode and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with me and author Peggy Lampman today on Tell Me Your Secrets. Please do join me for the next episode when Allison Brennan will be joining me in the studio. We'll be talking about what it's like to be a best-selling author with over 30 books to your name while raising five kids and herding cats and apparently chickens. Allison's newest novel is called The Third to Die and I'm sure that you are going to want to hear all about it.